are Locked On Dynasty Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Dynasty Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. You can follow me on Twitter at RyanMC23. Joining me today is Scott Connor. Follow Scott on Twitter at CharlesChillFFB. Scott, just as he did yesterday, is taking over for Matt Williamson. Matt is off on vacation. We've got our good friend Scott here in the co-host seat. Scott, how are you? Ryan, welcome back to another show, another day. Appreciate you being here with me. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, big shoes to fill with Matt and kind of interested to see some of the discussion we get in on on tight ends. You you came to me and said, win now tight ends and we need more than one. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's go for it. So this should be fun. Well, let's get into it here. We are covering win now trade targets this week. We've talked quarterbacks and wide receivers. We're moving on to the tight end position. And yeah, it's, it's a difficult one. Uh, I mean, and we all kind of know the landscape here, right? We've got, we got the, the studs at the top, Mark Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. Um, and, and of course, Kyle Pitts in there. Who's kind of like a unicorn, uh, of, of his own, you know, he's, he's kind of in a tier of his own after that. It, it obviously it get it gets pretty ugly. We get the guys that are, that hit, you know, kind of one year and out, you know, they'll catch 10 touchdowns and they'll be at the tight end eight and you kind of never hear from them again. And, and there's some youth, you know, there's, there's some young guys that we like Pat Fryer youth. Maybe that's your guy. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're still hanging on to Cole Komet as a, as a future tight end one. Um, you know, I, I like Albert O I'm kind of, kind of smitten with him this, this off season. Uh, we'll see how that goes. The reports aren't great uh, on him early in the, uh, in, in camp, but it really is, is just, it, it, it's tough, right? It's certainly tough to value the tight end position. If you don't have one of those, let's say top five guys. So before we even get into specific trade targets, Scott, what is your uh, what what's your strategy when team building specifically related to the tight end position? Yeah, I think you nailed it with, you know, not having the elite tight ends. Everybody would love to have the elite tight end for the positional advantage. I mean, if you look at the gaps between the production at the very top and basically everybody else, like if you're one of the few teams that can lock that in every year, it's a big advantage, you know, when you're starting to get into especially shallower leagues. You know, if you can monopolize a five or six point advantage, at one of nine or 10 starting spots, that's big. There's only so many places you can get that made up on in the other spots. So I think for me, I mean, obviously you can trade for those guys. Uh, I also think it's important to know your format. Like if you're not looking at one of these hyper premium leagues or a start to tight end league, I'm almost relegating my rosters to looking for advantages without having to pay the market price for Andrews or Kelsey. I mean, we'll talk about some potential buys, uh, but I think the biggest advantage that goes underlooked is, uh, or goes overlooked is stacking is trying to find oh, those, okay. those middle tier tight ends that could produce, but they don't need to produce inside the top four or five to give me the bang for my buck. There's a lot of them we can talk about stacking that that's really what I made my list up on. And so this really speaks to, you know, if you have Justin Herbert and you're fishing for a platoon, you know, two tight ends that you can play matchups with. Why not go get Gerald Everett? You might not think yeah. he's better than Cole Komet, but for your roster, 
in a weekly game when you're shooting for, you know, you're not going to necessarily match Travis Kelsey with the tight end 10, you know, but in, in a given week, Gerald Everett could put up a, a 23 spot. So your best bet I think is to stack and you're already correlated with a guy like Herbert if you have him in that league. So you might as well look to stack, especially when you're going like outside tight end six. So I think that's the biggest thing. And there's, there's a lot of guys within that range. Like you mentioned Albert O. If you already have Russell Wilson, they might as well go get Albert O. What's the difference between him and anybody else right around him in a nondescript range already? You might as well stack. I love that idea. We actually, uh, Matt and I actually did a an entire episode probably about a year ago uh, focused on stacking in dynasty leagues. And of course, stacking became um, uh, popularized through DFS and, and it's really... Uh, really blown up now thanks to underdog and, and those best ball leagues. And of course that's a big strategy in that format. <clears throat> um, and, and I, I definitely have, uh, you know, I've seen it already um, kind of leaking into the dynasty world. We definitely saw it in the Scott fishbowl, uh, which is uh, somewhat of a GPP in its own right. So stacking is is becoming a, a strategy that can be used in all fantasy formats, not just DFS, not just best ball. And I, I think you make a good point there. So we'll give you some names uh, today that you could target if you are in win-now mode, you're looking for a tight end, and you don't have Andrews, Kittle, Kelsey, Waller. Uh, maybe you don't have those guys. But Scott makes a good point. Kind of look at who your quarterback is that might give you an idea of who to target in a trade. Scott, go ahead and give us your first name. Yeah, I think the obvious one, he's kind of a polarizing player, but if you're just looking for immediate one-year opportunity, everything you would want in terms of the situation, some vacated targets, a hyper-efficient quarterback, high-volume offense. I mean, I think Dalton Schultz is is a huge buy for, like, I need production in the first 10 weeks, 12 weeks, just 2022. Uh, I think he's probably at the top of the buy list. It's tough for me to buy Dalton Schultz, though, because I think there are serious questions about, you know, I put a Twitter thread out the other day. Where would we have Dallas Goddard if he was on Dallas and Dalton Schultz on Philly? You know what I mean? So I I think there is a legitimate question about, you know, he's franchise tagged, hasn't signed an extension. He could be a big loss in Dynasty if he were to go elsewhere next year and he ends up somewhere else. Uh, but I think for one year, if you just look at a lot of projections, like it's hard to say Dalton Schultz is not right there to end up being, you know, top six tight end. He was tight end five last year. He was right outside of the top 12 in points per game in 2020. So I think he's a definitely a one year window guy where you can probably expect pretty high in production. Yeah. And, and maybe more than that, possibly uh, certainly has age on his side, just turned 26 years old. Uh, Schultz is the tight end seven in our ADP 80 overall. Uh, and looking at some recent trades, uh, Dalton Schultz for Damian Harris. Uh, that one went down. Dalton Schultz for Chase Claypool. Uh, and Dalton Schultz for, ooh, I don't like this one, Chris Godwin. Uh, I would not give Godwin, but uh, I think Claypool, certainly Damian Harris, uh, those, are, uh, those are trades in the range of what I would be looking to do. Although I, I kind of like Claypool. That's a tough one for me, too. Um, and again, we, we talked about yesterday with the wide receivers. We're not giving 2023 first rounders for any of these guys. Take a second, try to package something with it. Those are the types of trades uh, we're looking to make and maybe even less depending on some of the names 
we talk about today. Uh, Scott, before we started recording today, I told you I thought there was one easy one, one somewhat obvious player here when we're talking win now trade targets at the tight end position, Zach Ertz. He's the tight end 15. He's old, but he continues to produce. You look at his, at, at his uh, past five seasons, he's been a top five tight end all five seasons, except for the one where he got injured his last season in Philly. Top five for basically four years in a row outside of that injured season. And you can get him for a second rounder, uh, basically all day long. There are multiple, uh, multiple examples in the trade finder of Ertz being flipped for a second rounder. Uh, are, are you comfortable going that far down the board? Again, tight end 15 when you're looking for your starter on a win now team. Yeah, for sure. I've actually purchased quite a few uh, shares of Ertz this off season for that exact same reason. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. You believe targets are earned, right, Ryan? If you do, how can you justify it with all these receivers that you'll talk up that earn their targets, yet there's nobody been better at earning targets over the last seven, eight years than Zach Ertz, other than Travis Kelsey at the tight end position? So, I mean, you can almost pencil him in for 100 targets, which historically, if you get 100 targets at tight end, that's going to end up being top four or five in the league. And he's got everything else you want. I mean, he's got Hopkins out for six weeks. He's got an efficient quarterback. So, I mean, everything kind of lines up for him to outproduce his ADP yet again. Well, I, I think back to last year, and, and we've done this for for a couple years with Gronk. Uh, but this time last year, Gronk had just turned 32, I believe. Um, and he comes out and produces uh, when he was on the field, like basically like a top five tight end. And there was a question of how do we value this guy in Dynasty, right? He's old. Uh, I mean, it's 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 basically the same as Brady, except with the quarterbacks we have, we've got some depth there that we don't. Brady ends up not getting pushed up the ranks. But at some point last year in season, Gronk was being valued as a top ten, top twelve dynasty tight end, even though he's thirty two years old. And I think we're probably going to see the same thing with Zach Ertz. And if you're in that win now position. At some point, you have to say, do I want one or two years of Ertz or do I want the rest of Cole Komet's career or Irv Smith's career? And, and you know, maybe they get there or maybe they don't. But I, I can maybe win a title with Zach Ertz as my tight end. Yeah, and I'll never forget. I, I can't remember who talked about this a couple of years ago, but they said, you know, Zach Ertz is destined to be the next Jason Witten where it's just he goes out and earns targets and earns targets. And, and all of a sudden we look up and – we're doing this show in 2027 and Zach Ertz is sitting here and he's, you know, 37 years old and somehow he's still in the NFL and he's somehow getting still 70 targets. We're going, how the heck is this guy still playing? So, I mean, that's, you think you're not making a dynasty move when you buy Zach Ertz, but what if he gives you three more seasons of at least usability? You know, I was going to ask you, regardless of your roster, can you send Trey McBride and get Zach Ertz? Same team. I think people would, in a vacuum, people would go, oh, I'd, I would never want to give up the pick I had to take Trey McBride with for Zach Ertz. Yet at the same time, yeah. there'd be teams that would go, I would never give up that pick for Zach Ertz when I'm on the clock in the draft. And then they'll just draft Trey McBride. And then all of a sudden, three <laughs> months later, they're going, hey, you want Trey McBride, Ryan? I need some production because I don't know if Trey McBride ever has one season like Zach Ertz. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, with Ertz, I, I just think, I, I mean, quite simply, I think he's undervalued right now where you see a lot of younger guys ahead of him that we hope and think might be good someday. But uh, we're, we're pretty confident when Ertz is on the field, he is going to produce. After the break, we'll talk about some more tight ends that you can buy if you are a dynasty contender. Hey everyone, let me tell you about Dave. And for those of you that follow my work, I mean, I, I left ESPN well over 10 years ago. And since then, my income would say is inconsistent. You never know when some checks are coming from some companies I've worked for or when they're going to clear or some of them are they going to come at all or what the next gig is. So everyone throughout their life, or I'm sure a very high percentage of you, have been in some kind of situation in your lives where you're, you're just a little tight on cash or maybe you can only afford to put a few gallons in your tank. Don't even get me started on gas prices right now. Or, you know, you're wondering if you can afford a gift for your friend or whatever, or your kids or the bills or whatever. But that's where Dave's can, Dave can help. I mean, if you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected, unexpected expenses pop up. And who knows in today's world. Uh, now Dave can get you out of a pinch when you really need it. In hindsight's 2020, and you can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? You know, maybe you could, you'd ask to borrow a little cash. And again, now you can with Dave, which is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money than to fill your tank or buy that gift or catch up on your bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit card, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need. So if you're in a pinch and you need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helpful hand from future you. So here's what you do. Uh, download the Dave app, D-A-V-E, at the App Store right now. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. And our, our promo code is LOCKEDNFL. So again, go check out the Dave app immediately. Thanks so much. We are back. We've got my buddy Scott Connor with us today. We're talking win now, tight end trade targets in your dynasty league. You've got a team that's ready to contend, but maybe you've got a hole at that tight end spot. And uh, maybe you trade for Zach Ertz. Maybe you trade for Dalton Schultz. Scott, what else could you do? Well, I think one that it's very interesting how narratives work in dynasty. Uh, I think I've seen hype on every other peripheral weapon on this team except for this guy. Uh, Yet I've done a lot of tight end research and he actually fits the prototype of a tight end that could explode in the next couple years, but is already productive enough to where you could potentially play him. I'm going Dawson Knox and I know he's polarizing Mm -hmm. because Ryan, all he can do is get touchdowns, right? But then you look at, you look at Dawson Knox and you go, he has an elite Raz profile. He is tied to the same situation that is causing people to value Gabriel Davis so high. You know, why why can't we drag Dawson Knox into that situation just like we are with Gabe Davis? And relative to his position, Dawson Knox has done more in his first three years than you would look for a wide receiver that we, you know, we look for different benchmarks. He's done more at tight end in his first three years relative to that than you would look for 
what Gabe Davis has done at wide receiver. So I think Knox is one of those guys where, again, if you have Josh Allen, that is probably one of my favorite stacks because Knox, I think the communities is just basically chalk Knox up as a fluke. But what if he just gets better? What if he gets a little bit better at earning targets? And all of a sudden we look in two years and, you know, you give Dawson Knox 90 targets combined with that offense and his touchdowns. I think he's one of the guys outside the top eight that could have a top three season out of nowhere and no one talks about it. Like the Knox call, his price looking at the trade finder is all over the board. Some some crazy trades in both directions here. Dawson Knox for Zamir White. Mm. Uh, I, I would certainly uh, rather have Dawson Knox there. The other two definitely closer. Dawson Knox for Tony Pollard and Dawson Knox for the name you mentioned, Gabriel Davis. Where would you be at on those two types of deals? Yeah, that, the Gabe Davis one is tough because that actually feels like you're not capitalizing on what you could get for Gabe Davis. Yeah. Uh, the Tony Pollard one, you know, you know, that's one where... I could justify that on certain builds, you know, where I'll, t- I'll take the running back, especially if I can kind of fill in the gaps at another tight end where I can stack. But yeah, Knox is just one of those guys. I'm just kind of betting against the narrative that he's not going to build like the regression is going to hit yet. If we apply that to a lot of other players, it just seems like he's one of those ones we've just chalked up to. We know what he is. And what if we don't, there, there's been a lot of other tight ends that we, I mean, tight end takes a while, Ryan. If I have a, a tight end that's in his third year and he's actually producing, like that's ahead of the, the typical curve. You know what I mean? That's like the right. minimum of when I'd start looking for production. So, and he's in a great situation. It isn't like we're talking about a tight end here that's on the Titans or something like that. Like he's in like the best passing offense in the league. So it's just interesting that we've decided what he is and we haven't really given him a chance to grow. What if he just gets better and better? And we're, you can buy him now at what, tight end 11, tight end 10? I'll take it, especially if I have Josh Allen. That's a no-brainer if I have Josh Allen. Yeah, he is the tight end 10 in our ADP right now. Um, I've got a couple other names here. Before we get into those, before we get into those, though, I, I wanted to ask you, because looking over this ADP, you've got we've got a mix here of um, obviously the, the guys at the top that we can count on, most of them starting to get up there in, in years. And, and then you've got... Those guys that we, again, we think they're going to be good. Pat Fryermuth, I would put in this category. He's tied in nine. Irv Smith, tied in 11. Cole Komet, tied in 12. Those three specifically, I think it's fair to say they're they are not proven. Um, any quick thoughts on those three? And uh, maybe, maybe I'm stealing one of your guys. I, I don't think I am knowing how you play. But what are you doing with those three guys specifically? Fryermuth. Irv Smith, Cole Komet. Yeah, I think Cole Komet is probably one where he's a sell just based on people. I don't like chasing bad offenses with inefficient quarterbacks and players that people just assume, well, somebody has to get the targets. I don't know about you, but I've thought I've been burned in the past with the somebody has to get the targets. And then we get to the season and we see that offense and we go, I don't want any targets on that team, period. (laughs) So I think Cole Komet is one where you can easily go out I know ADP says one thing, but I think in a lot of leagues, you send Cole Komet, you can get Dawson Knox, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Just based yep. on the you know the perception. Fryermuth's interesting, because Fryermuth's one, you're probably just betting on the future of Kenny Pickett. If he can become efficient, then I, I like Fryermuth as somebody that's just going to maintain his value. Irv Smith, I've been well publicized on being out on Irv Smith. 
And it's not even that he hasn't. Yeah, you felt on him. Yeah. Well, it's not even that he just hasn't produced, but it's the the big thing with Herb Smith is he's small. Historically, Mm -hmm. guys that are like six two and are not like built, they they're just very hard for them to have a path of being a tight end one. And I even want more than a tight end one. Like I I don't really want to shoot for tight end twelve either. You know, I want a guy that can give me eighty percent snaps and you know. 10 touchdowns. And I just, Irv Smith is a historical outlier. So again, commit Irv Smith for Dawson Knox. And maybe you get like a third thrown in or a backup running back thrown in all day. Give me some Knox. Well, and if you want to go down further, uh, go trade for the guy I mentioned, right? I mean, you could never, I don't think anybody would expect to get a first rounder for Cole Komet, but could you get Zach Ertz and a two? I think you could get that. Uh, in, in the right, you know, in the right types of leagues. And we think Ertz is worth a second. You're getting a, another future second. I think that's a win in in most situations. Well, and yesterday we talked about guys like Brandon Cooks. It's very hard to go acquire a guy like Brandon Cooks right for a second, right? A lot of the, right. the sellers aren't motivated. But can you hide the value of a tight end swap in there? You give Komet mm. and you get Ertz and Cooks and you give back the second. And to me, that's a way to kind of like hide the second player in there and you end up getting both of the players that you want. But one for one, you might not have felt either one was fair or one of them you might not have been able to do like the Cooks in the second. So I think that's another way. Pivot in this nondescript range for win now production like Ertz. I love it. Love it. Um, one other guy I had, I, I've got to say, I have to admit, I'm not nearly as confident on this player uh, but I did want to throw him out here and get your thoughts. Noah Fant. Fant is the tight end 17. He's been a, a top 15 fantasy scorer at the position in all three of his seasons in the league. Uh, looking at his uh, his trade, so, some recent trades involving Fant, again, all over the board. Brandon Ayuk for Noah Fant. I, I would not pay that. I'd rather have Ayuk. But here's Jared Cook in a second. Uh Tyler Higby and Pat Fryermuth for Noah Fant. That's kind of a kind of an interesting deal. Um, I guess for we we've seen the value drop on Fant as a result of this trade, but I've said it on here before. I mean, a year ago, Fant was the third option on a team with a bad quarterback, and now he's the third option on a team with a bad quarterback. Yet we've dropped his value uh, significantly. So it's not necessarily that I'm expecting a breakout or, um, or or anything like that, but I do think we can continue to see that low end tight end one production. And to your earlier point, it it can be argued what that's really worth, but uh, what are you doing with Noah Fant right now? I'm with you. I'm, I'm all about buying Noah Fant, not necessarily for the, the win now points, but he, he has been six targets a game for his career. Targets are earned, right? Like, he's a guy that has proven he can earn targets. Uh, Been back-to-back tight end 12 seasons. And his value has dropped. And you've seen this in Dynasty for years, Ryan. His value has dropped. Why? Because his expectations were way too high to begin with. And he got put in bad situations. So I look at this and I say, okay, I'm buying at tight end 17 prices. Probably more for, like, tight end 15 is his floor at the very most but there's a lot that could go right for him, right? Like there's a lot that could turn around in it a year from now 
I'm not saying I'm confident in Seattle. I mean, I, I do kind of hope eventually he's not in Seattle unless they have a to- whole new regime right. change. But even if he's there, I mean, you can argue you're, you're, you're buying at a low point. You might be able to sell again, kind of like yesterday we talked about Bateman. You buy low, you might be able to sell for a little bit more for actual points during the season. So I love the call. I've been buying a lot of Fant, and, you know, it, it seems like the thought is you don't want to buy a guy on Seattle. You know what I mean? But it truly is an investment. I mean, he's only 24 years old. Like, there's yeah. a lot that can still happen. Three or four years from now, we might be looking at David Njoku, or we might be looking at, you know, a guy where we're going, why didn't I buy more when he was this cheap? Yeah, and Njoku, I think, is a great comp. Uh, Njoku, of course, now 26 years old um, and has certainly been up and down throughout his career, both value and production. Uh, we're seeing him trend back up, though, and, and I think Fant could follow that same path. Right after this break, we will come back with two more tight ends to trade for in your dynasty leagues. Hey, everyone. Let me tell you about the newest thing from our buddies at Built Bar, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. From the same people that invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You've probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Our buddies over at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the Puffs treatment. That's right, Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow-covered, 100% real chocolate. I love their chocolate. And it's fluffy, like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. But stop drooling and listen. They're good for you. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, all very delicious. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puffs are the only here for a limited time, so go to Built.com now and make sure you do not miss out. They're going fast because they're pretty amazing. Uh, all built bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. But the be- best part about built puffs is, of course, they taste amazing and you can enjoy them guilt free because they are actually good for you. They are the perfect treat, perfect when you're getting a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack, they're also an excellent source of protein, as always. Uh, delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallows. Stop fantasizing. Go to built.com right now to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to built.com. Use our promo code locked15. All one, one word here locked15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked15. Thanks for making Locked On Dynasty your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. We are back with our guest co-host, Scott Connor. Follow him at Charles Chill FFB. Scott has joined us the past two days, taking over for Matt Williamson. We've been talking trade targets for win now dynasty teams. Covered wide receivers yesterday, tight ends today. We we we've almost made it through this tight end discussion. It's it's tough. And Scott, before we each reveal our our last guy, we've kind of handed around at these elite. Uh, these elite tight ends, Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle, and Waller specifically. Uh, we haven't discussed uh, trading for any of them, but 
in some ways they're they're the ideal trade targets if you've got that win now team because they are going to produce uh Andrews well Andrews is probably actually in a different category but let's let's focus on the the next three Kelsey Kittle Waller they're all at least 28 years old um and and each of have, uh, have battled injury uh injury concerns over the years you've got that win now team would you pay up for a guy like that compared to um, targeting one of the players that we've been talking about today? Yeah, I think you're you're definitely you're definitely okay buying Travis Kelsey if you can. I mean, uh, there's a great follow out there on Twitter, uh, Adiko, who posts all the the warp data mm-hmm. and the ADP data. Um, you know, he's not different formats, different different stuff for different folks. But when you hit on one of these elite tight end seasons it's worth its weight in gold and I think Kelsey is still capable of that now I think the biggest thing with Kelsey is can you pry him off the team that has him because if you're the best team in the league and you have Kelsey I can probably come to you and say I'll give you 150 percent of his value you're still going to struggle to trade him to me you know and a lot of times he's like Tom Brady he's probably parked on a team that has seen the decline for two or three years so I think that's my question for you is how how do you get him when you look across your leagues and you go, man, every time I go to try to trade for him, he's on the best team in the league. And it feels yeah. like when you have him, even if you're getting a great offer, it feels really hard to pull the trigger on actually selling him. So how do you get him? That's my biggest struggle. Well, I, I think even, even a year ago, we were starting to see, uh, and, and it, it worked out probably for, for, the, the teams that made these moves, but we saw uh, Mark Andrews and something for Kelsey, right? We saw those types of deals. Um, now you've got to decide, are you willing to do that with TJ Hawkinson or Dallas Goddard or Dalton Schultz? Those guys feel a little different to me than, than Andrews did uh, because we had already seen a high end year from, uh, from Andrews production wise. And even though he was coming off kind of a, a down year in 20, uh, let's see, 2020, we had still seen, um, we'd seen the upside. So I don't think there's a great tight end to, to make that kind of move with now, unless it's Kittle, I guess you could argue you could do that with Kittle, Kittle and Kittle and something, but you pr- probably still have to pay a first, right? It's probably still Kittle and a first, and as we've talked about the past couple of days, we're not trying to, to move those uh, 23 first in, in these types of deals. So yeah, there's, there's a reason Kelsey and Kittle and Andrews don't move very much uh, because they are such an advantage over all the players that we're talking about today and, and the rest of the tight ends um, in, in the field. Go ahead and give us your last guy that you would target as a, a trade in a trade for a win now team. So I'll kind of talk through my process on this player. So I went back through the last decade and looked at athleticism and RAS score for tight ends, right? And about 70% of them have had RAS scores over seven. So look it up, you know, RAS.football. You can look at RAS scores. It's just measuring overall athleticism for a tight end. So I was curious when I did that, the guys that didn't do it. So what makes up the 30%? And looking for a repeat tight end one seasons within that sample size, the biggest predictor the ones that have done it had done it in the past. So like the biggest predictor of the unathletic tight ends that were constantly finishing as tight end ones 
bet on the ones that you've seen it from before. And this guy's done it, I believe, three times already. Uh, Hunter Henry is a win-now player. For me, I'm also very bullish on Mac Jones. I think we're frustrated with the Patriots because of the way they use their backfield, the fact that we could have talked about Patriots wide receivers, but everyone would have turned off the show because who wants to hear about those? It's very frustrating. But I think Mac Jones' efficiency as a rookie was elite. I mean, he was inside the top 18 in a lot of efficiency categories for a rookie in a Patriots offense that nobody liked. So I think Hunter Henry is one of those guys, like, I don't necessarily think he can match a top six tight end, but I wouldn't be shocked if because of how good Mac Jones is, because they don't have a number one wide receiver, I wouldn't be shocked if we look up and Hunter Henry is a top eight tight end. Because you remember, Ryan, we thought of Hunter Henry in that light three or four years ago. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. because he didn't do it, we've kind of punished him. And then we've we over punished him because they signed Johnny Smith the same year. And we figured, well, two tight ends can't be good in the same offense. But I think we kind of know Johnny Smith is now more like an H back. Like he's not really threatening right. Hunter Henry's role at all. So I think he's got yeah, a massive upside that's roles. not being milked in. I like that call. He is, uh, he, he's cheap. That's the best part about a lot of these guys we're talking about. Tied in 19 is Hunter Henry outside of the top 150 overall. Uh, the, the way you were leading into that, I thought you might be going with, with my guy here, uh, because he's had a couple of tight end one seasons in his career. I went with Austin Hooper way down at tight end 29 right now. And, uh, we've talked about how cheap these, these guys are the past couple of days. There's trades in the trade finder, Austin Hooper for a future fourth rounder, Austin Hooper for a future third rounder. This might be the cheapest, uh, easiest to acquire player we've talked about. Uh, He's given us a tight end one season, or I'm sorry, a tight end one game, 24% of the time the past two years. And, And those numbers are definitely down from some of the other players we've talked about. But a couple years ago, back to back tight end six seasons. And the thing I like best about Hooper right now is he's in line to be uh, a top two target in that Tennessee offense. Um, some some competition, definitely not guaranteed. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what that offense looks like with uh, with so many changes this off season. But again, for the price, tight end twenty nine. He's he's uh, down there with Brevin Jordan and Adam Troutman and and a few rookies like. I'm definitely willing to take my shot there outside of the top 200 overall. Uh, Any thoughts on Hooper before we get out of here, Scott? No, I think if you looked at my portfolio, he is my highest rostered tight end that actually matters. So the rest are just like, you know, stashes, but certain formats. Yeah. I mean, at one time, three years ago, when he was in Atlanta, we looked at him as, wow, this guy had a hundred targets. Our targets earned. I mean, how many times have we talked about that over the last two shows? He goes to Cleveland, which you almost have to just forget those two years in Cleveland. The offense was bad. The quarterback was bad. They used four tight ends. You know, he even said it himself. I remember listening to an interview with Austin Hooper, and he said immediately when I was in Cleveland, he had to reframe what he considered to be a productive game. You know, like to the point where if he got four targets and caught two balls, he was like, I had a good game. Meanwhile, in Atlanta, yeah. you know, he was the number two option or number three option in Atlanta. Like he, he was a receiver. So, I mean, yeah, he's not the most athletic. He's not the sexiest pick, but yeah, tight end 29. I mean, I think you can get him for, you know, the rookie tight ends this year that we really know nothing about, 
You know, if you're in the certain formats, I think he's a great buy. I love that call. I didn't think you were going to go that low, but you you pulled one out for sure. Yeah, I had to do it. Had to do. It. I do like Hooper. I like the situation. And again, we um, we've seen him do it before, which is which is important, as you told us earlier. Scott, thanks for joining us the past couple of days. Really appreciate it. Um, again, check out Scott's work. He's got a Patreon. He's got a podcast, Dynasty and Chill. Uh, you can follow him at Charles Chill FFB. Like I said yesterday, one of my trusted sources, trusted resources. You should check out his work as well. That is it for today's show. Please make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow the show at Locked On Dynasty. Follow Matt at Williamson NFL. Follow Scott at Charles Chill FFB. And I'm Ryan MC23. We'll be back next time with more Locked On Dynasty.